Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to The Tim's Take, episode 88. Rachel, I am very impressed that you are recording tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'm, they took a toll on me today. Like you're still upright or sitting at least. I feel like it is a perfect encapsulation of life in that you're like, they weren't particularly bad in any way, neither Julian nor Oliver, but Julian just did not sleep as well as sometimes and kind of was doing a lot more catnapping. And so suddenly it's like that slight deviation, even if he's happy when he's awake-ish, is just like exponential toll. I like to think of it as like a erosion. Like it's not it's not a landslide. Yeah. But it is a slowly wearing away of your resources. By the time kids turn 18, their parents are basically the Grand Canyon. They've just been slowly over time. Shelled out. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, in lots of ways it was a fun day, but the constant questions of a toddler and the, yeah, the, the short naps of a three-month-old just do some, some heavy erosion. Well, bless you for being here. I was thinking today, there's someone who talks about it. Maybe I'll look it up. But about, <laughs> I think it, I think it's. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. Listeners, maybe I'll look it up. If I do, will you know? Who knows? I think it's the lazy genius, but I could be wrong on this. Talks about like what's saving your life right now, like little things. Mm. And walks to the mailbox at night after a day with the kids actually. are saving my life right now That's because fantastic. it's after a day of just always being on call just this like i mean seriously like three minute walk to the mailbox where it's a little bit cooler the sun's going down so there's all these colors in the sky and i'm just out there and you're in here with our kids and so no one can call for me it's just like blissful silence out there and that is that is sustaining me on these long days. Well, on this episode, you came up, I think, with this topic. And it's a good one. I'm really excited to talk about it. We're going to talk about the guilt slash shame that we carry. And let me just say off the top, I know guilt and shame like have traditionally different definitions. A classic version is guilt is like in response to something you've done. Like you feel bad that you've done something wrong. And shame is sometimes associated with like a sense of self, like you are bad. But I think the reality is with family dynamics and relationships and these things, those are very hard to disentangle. It's not always clear where guilt stops and shame begins or vice versa. So I think we can maybe use them a little bit interchangeably and just ask forgiveness of any you know therapist that's listening to our conversations. But yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about kind of these guilt and not necessarily unnecessary ones, but the ones that we just find a little complicated and some of the things we're processing for ourselves. So we'll give a couple of examples and then maybe talk about how we process or want to process them and go from there. Sound good? Yep. Do you want to start with an example? Yeah. So I feel like second kid around, I just have a better awareness of what works for me or what doesn't i think Mm. with oliver there were a lot of times where i really just like pushed through because i felt 
again, for whatever cultural standard, we'll talk a little bit about where some of these things come from. But mm. I felt like I, I had to like do a thing a certain way or like stick to it for a really long time, even if like intuitively I felt like it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So I think there's some guilt over doing things that are convenient for me when it comes to parenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, one specific example would be, yeah, we've talked a little bit ner- Nursing with Julian has just been a little all over the place. Good way to describe it. And I think there was a time where I just realized that I didn't need to fight him every time. And I also just realized, like, I don't really like breastfeeding in public. Like, it's just not (laughs) enjoyable at all for me. And he, (laughs) he doesn't really seem to like it. And so I got this, like, portable pump that I can, like, pump anywhere And I just realized, like, it is convenient for me to pump before we go somewhere and give him a bottle. And, like, for a long time, I felt guilty about that. Like, this is wrong or I'm not, like, going above and beyond for my kid, you know, Mm. to, like, make the best thing work. But, like, that's silly. Like, there isn't the best thing is to feed him in this circumstance and, like, pumping before we go somewhere and then giving him a bottle And he's, like, totally fine with that. Like, he's not upset to take a bottle. So it's not like I'm torturing him or, like, doing something that upsets him. But I still felt immense guilt about putting, like, my own... I'm not even putting my own convenience above him because he's getting all that he needs. But, like, I felt immense guilt about doing anything convenient for me, even if it still works for everyone else in the family. And that's, like, a weird narrative to have like bought into and I have some awareness like I said of it the second time around and so I'm kind of choosing to bypass some of that guilt but like it it is still there in terms of like that kind of weight I don't know do you experience that as parent or as a person like some of the guilt of choosing the convenient thing no that's a that's a me thing. <laughs> well, no, actually, so like we're getting a little bit into the processing question, which is fine because I was thinking, I was thinking about kind of steps too, and how important I think it is that as we deal with these things, that we engage them in a dynamic process, because a static process is essentially you just will yourself forward and you just say, okay, well, it doesn't matter. Here's my obligation. I'm going to push forward, and that's like the entire processing, and that either leads to resentment, or failure and the shame spiral (laughs) like those are kind of your two options if it's not engaged like a little bit more dynamically but what strikes me for you and some of this is our personality is yeah you're talking about narratives like cultural narratives for me my my origins of guilt are much more internal and like coming from myself and my expectations for myself and my hopes for myself and so i think that's just a difference a little bit of a difference between us And I think maybe this is one way, even as partners, like we are gifts to each other. Like you're outside me and can call out the ways that I might be literally oppressing myself with my expectations. But also I will more often say to you, like, who cares what, Yeah. like what happens if this is what's working for you? Yeah. You are good at that. It is a helpful balance. Yeah. What's a, what's an example then for you of one of your own internal guilt monologues? So real quick, my two, I'll run through them quickly. One is when I come home from work and Oliver wants to play and it's a combination of all I want to do is look at my phone and not play with him (laughs) (laughs) after I've been at work all day. 
I definitely feel guilt about that in a, a whole host, host of ways. But I would say about 80% of the time, I want to come home, give him a hug, say, how was your day? And then just like go do my own thing. <laughs> and yet I've been gone all day from my kids. And like, if you said, do you want me to take them for like a walk? I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> let's do that that sounds great. i don't think i've ever said that <laughs> no you haven't and it is totally fair that you haven't so that that's one example another example and this just happened this last weekend i don't quite know what to call it but my weekend spiral of fatigue doom it's very apt is name. that is that pretty well said this doesn't happen every weekend and i wouldn't even say it happens frequently but sometimes, especially kind of if the morning is a little bit open-ended, I can find myself quite tired if I sleep in. If the boys wake me up, that tends to not work well for me. And yet in this season of being woken up in the middle of the night with Julian, I like also feel like I need to get as much sleep as I can. So I tend to sleep in until they wake me up. But then I just get grumpy and grumpier and grumpier and then grumpy about being grumpy. And it's just like I'm pretty miserable to be around, frankly. So... And I feel really bad. I mean, it is like a, it is a spiral of, of doom. Well, that's what was interesting to me. We were kind of processing this and you were like, you were like, well, now, yeah, like now I'm just frustrated about being frustrated. <laughs> a key is like, it, it really is like shame. Like it's not frustration because yeah. frustration like has energy to it. And shame is like that sapping just thing, right? Like down. it's like very, so that's the thing. Like if I was frustrated, like I think there would actually be some like positive energy to assess, <laughs> you know, to redirect. But like within the fatigue, then the shame is just like making you want to just flee and retreat, at least for me. And yeah, it's not, it's not a good look. Anyway, do you have another example of one? And then we can talk maybe more about processing. Yeah. My last one is some guilt over a little bit similar, but like not always playing or being like entertainment to the kids. Mm. There, there was some Instagram reel that you shared with me about this mom. I was talking about how often people say, like, be present. Like, the days and years will go so fast. Like, just spend time with your kids. Like, leave the dishes in the sink and, you know, let the laundry be. Because, like, now's the time to be present with your kids. And <laughs> she's like, I understand that sentiment. And it's beautiful in lots of ways. But also, like the dishes have to get cleaned and there have to be clean clothes for the kids. Like no fairy is coming in to do these <laughs> dishes and like we have to eat. And so they have to eat dishes. And I think that's so true. Like there's just heaps of like expectations and like desires that you like, yeah, play with your kids all the time whenever they ask. And it's just like not realistic because we do not have the resources to pay for people to come clean our dishes. And we have to have them clean. And so that sometimes means I have to tell Oliver, like, hey, bud, I can't I can't play with you right now. You're going to have to play by yourself until I do these dishes. Because otherwise, we're going to come back from the park and there's going to be dirty dishes and your plate's going to be dirty. And then we're all, it's going to be bad. Because <laughs> now I have to do the dishes when we're all hangry and we're trying to make lunch and it's just, like, not going to go well. But there's some guilt over, like, choosing to do those things and like preparing us to be you know sane later like even with julian it's like when he's awake you know you just kind of 
feel this weight, or at least I do, to like sit and just like engage with him. And and I love doing that. And it's not to say never do that, but it's like also sometimes like you have to prep dinner or like, yeah, like the laundry has to be put in. And so I think battling some of that pressure to just like always say yes to play. Mm. Or again, maybe entertainment is even like, you know, a better way of phrasing some of that weight that I feel. Yeah, interesting. How do you process this stuff? You've started sharing a little bit. Yeah. Which is kind of like, it feels like you're talking about kind of broadening your perspective. Yeah. I mean, definitely the second time around, it's like I made some of those choices the first time with Oliver and like we're still like attached. Like I haven't ruined my relationship with him because Mm. there were times where I said like, hey, I have to do the dishes. Yeah. So I think some of it is like experiential. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Like this you know, hasn't had long-term ruinous effects Yep, is helpful. I mean, I think talking about it with other people Mm -hmm. like you or other parents or just other friends who like just being able to name some of that and name some of those struggles, I think staying off or being aware of social media, like, cause a lot of that, at least for me, some of that, some of that like mom content is coming from like these Instagram yeah reels that just deliver really high expectations of like what a good mom is because most of that like if i talk to other moms like we're all like it's chaos this is crazy Mm -hmm. and we're all just making it through but like there's this kind of like pristine ideals that are always presented yeah on instagram of what some of those things look like so i think being really careful about what you're taking in Yeah, yeah yeah and how you're doing that is some of the processing for me. I don't know. How about for you? Well, I don't know that I do any of this very well, but I was thinking about like, what would I want my processing to look like? Okay. What are steps that I could like do to work through? So here's my like potentially five step. Oh, five step. This is going to be good. This is going to be good to come back to. Yeah. And I'm curious what you think. And actually I've added a step just from our conversation because I was like, Oh, like that may not always be true, but it would be sometimes true. And the first step, feel free to chime in on any of these, or if you think they're wrong. My first step I think is to bless the good desire. I'm a pastor, so I can talk a little bit theologically here. Like I'm part of the reform tradition, which talks about this thing called total depravity, which essentially says like, there's not a part of us that is not in some way broken. If we think about desires, like one way to think about it is like, I don't know, like lines going out from us, like orienting towards the world. Like there's one way to talk about our brokenness that like the line does not even leave us in a straight line. It's like immediately bent and broken. Mm. And it's so directionally off. Like there's nothing good about it anymore. But I feel like that's to deny like a huge part of like created goodness. And so like I think it's more like like the line starts in a good direction and then like every line is in some ways bent and like or curved or something like that. There's no kind of perfect orientation. But what that means, too, is like I, I need to think about what is the good desire in the thing and bless that and name it. So like when I come home and I don't want to play with Oliver, like part of what I'm desiring, like my body, my mind is desiring rest and desiring space for transition that allows me to move from one part of the day to another. And 
I have an eight minute car ride. That's not a lot moving from one thing to the next. And I have a lot of work to do. I can't build in sort of a 30 minute wind down at the end of my day. And so I don't, I don't get that. So, but to bless the desire for that and maybe even sometimes the need that I feel for that. Like, I think that immediately sort of like starts to defang guilt a little bit. Yeah, right? sure. But as I was thinking about that, I was like, there's a part of that can ju- that can just kind of become self-compassion woo-woo that isn't helpful because like you still have family obligation. Like if I'm just like, oh, it's okay like that I'm on my phone because this is just flowing from this good desire. Like yeah, you can't I'm always still not engaging my child well, which yeah. I still think is unhealthy. So a second step that I, that I kind of added from what you were saying is like assessing any lies or narratives that are impacting this. So like this is more true in your examples than mine, but like what what narrative or what lie what's the big lie that is attractive to me or is grabbing me here that is maybe making me think of a good desire as fundamentally bad rather than having a good core and then i think the third step is like accepting and naming the falling short like i don't want to i don't want to do this i do think like there is a better way to engage in this moment like i'm in a spiral of fatigue (laughs) like i don't want to be in a spiral of fatigue it's making me grumpy with my family like this isn't who I want to be. And then like there is like the processing of what is the obligation, relational, familial needs. So this is like step four now in my process, right? Like assessing what the needs are of that moment. And that could be like also an opportunity to consider spaces for that good desire. Like sometimes it might be on a Saturday morning, I'm like, and you you do this. You're amazing at this. Like, do you need like 15 minutes to just get away, just take a rest, maybe like, even a nap in the morning, right? to just reset sometimes you might have that space sometimes the obligations of the day don't allow it but to assess that and then like i think honestly five is like okay like i've i've blessed the good desire i've assessed the lies that are happening i have accepted and named the falling short i've like processed the obligation and like you could do this i think in about almost 10 seconds Mm -hmm. right because most of these things are things we repeat and go through over and over. Yeah. But I think the next thing is like you just take a next step. Like you take a practical next step. Like do I need to just put my phone away in the office for now? Do I need to get out of the house? Do I need mm-hmm. to get some sunshine mm-hmm. on my skin? Like literally just something that will wake me up a little bit more and like make it small and manageable and doable rather than sort of like I'm going to go and write out a contract of my commitment to never have technology around my kids. You know, you know what I mean? Like sometimes it can become grandiose, but like what's a just small next step? Or like, I mean, in the case of last weekend, like I think you felt like, oh, I just need to rest. I don't want to do this. I don't want to play right now, I, but I'm just going to power through it. And it was like sometimes you have to just like break the cycle. And I was like, let's get out of the house. Like, yeah. let's go do something because like just like pushing through doing the same thing isn't going to like it's not going to magically fix you can't always will yourself for that thing to be the thing that's working for you yeah sometimes you literally have to like break the pattern and go do something else i love that Mm -hmm. yeah the next step needs to be pattern breaking in some way it can't just be like okay now i'll just continue what i'm doing or like i will yeah try to will my way through it right i do think you have to break a pattern somehow but it can be like a very small thing what do you think yeah, I think that's good. I'll be curious to have you try. It. <laughs> I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to think if those things apply to some of my guilt. Some of it, like, yeah, I think, I think, like, just recognizing 
like the desires that we have as not always bad, but then being able to name like the challenges. And then I think, yeah, pattern breaking is always good. Like for me, like, yeah, the convenience thing is just like, it's okay to like break the pattern if this like thing is not working and to like let some of that guilt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think there are ways like the process breaks off like as the guilt sheds. Yeah. Right. So like that's a big difference between what you and I are talking about. Is right. A lot of times like my guilt, I feel like is maybe a little bit justified. Like I am being grumpy and like kind of bringing down the mood. And you're talking about like narrative. So it's like for, for you, as I think about this process, there could be, okay, what's the what's the good desire in like not being available constantly to entertain Oliver? Well, a huge part of your good desire is to like maintain a home that allows space for flourishing for everyone because it's clean and like there's dishes to eat food on and things like that. Okay, we can bless, we can definitely bless that desire even as it like there's parts of that that's pulling you away from your child. But then like it's assessing any narratives and the narrative of like, I always need to play with my child. Yeah, It's like, well, once that starts falling apart, like the guilt can kind of dissipate and I don't need to keep working through. Yeah. Or maybe like there's times where I do need to name like the falling short. Like I have been using laundry and dishes as like an excuse to not engage yeah, my child, sure. right? Like mm -hmm. that, that can also be the case. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks for letting me go on about that. I was like kind of excited as I was thinking about it and like steps there, but I don't know if that's helpful to anyone else, but it was helpful to me at least to begin to think through. Next time you have a grumpy spiral, I'll just whisper five steps. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll look it up. Yeah. Thanks. I enjoyed this conversation a lot. Hopefully listeners did too. You, you, I think had a little addendum that you wanted to tag on to this episode. I did. I have a revision to our TV episode. This was episode 86. If you had a month ish TV edition. Because we just finished season one and season two of the bear, which is on Hulu and it is about Chicago restaurant environment, family, just the whole Italian family, the whole thing. And it is maybe my favorite show we've watched this year. Maybe even more than that. So you loved it. I, I, I loved it too, but you oh, really, man. Oh, I don't know. I really loved it. Yeah. It's just, it's phenomenal just the honesty and rawness of these family dynamics and kind of a lot of guilt and shame yeah and also these beautiful moments of redemption and finding joy and possibility yeah it's just man it's great so that is far and away my hulu it's on hulu recommendation we do have to now. give like the biggest like content warning like the language in this is just so extreme it, these <laughs> are the <laughs> these are like yeah it, it's the the language is prolific prolific <laughs> prolific so you know but beyond that i i mean it's intense there's some intensity to it but it's not it's not particular it's not like violently gory or Really, no, that sexual I, it's, or it's anything. Really, it's really but, just like, <laughs> but, that, but it, if, it's a lot. Yeah. But I mean, probably very true to restaurant environments. So mm -hmm. just, yeah, like a deep dive into another world. And I mean, yeah, it's good. So just have to add that as a change. That's great. Let's go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Till next time. I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that is your Tim's take.